on the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again The life I love is making music with my friends And I can't wait to get on the road again Hey people, we're just um, traveling south of Blenheim. We're heading towards Christchurch to get, to, to get some source documents that we need, facts and evidence only, remember, that we will be putting in an upcoming episode with uh, Craig Hutchinson. Now he's a guy who was the researcher and that for the Heterodoxy Societies, well, what they've claimed to be their document. Uh, you'll remember the controversy over um, Counterspin Media being accused of uh, stealing the documentation and releasing it, blah, 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 blah. Even had lawyers sent after us, um, of which we sent the lawyers packing because they had nothing uh, and they can do nothing. So uh, they were given the short shift <clears throat> and the guy who created all the controversy around it, well, he had to go to ground with his tail between his legs because he's a bit of a muppet anyway. Now we're going to Christchurch to get the evidence for that particular interview uh, as well as a few other things. Uh, this next episode you're about to watch is with uh, Dr. Mark Bailey, Dr. Sam Bailey's husband, both of them both on the same page, both well-awake people and very well-researched. They're the type of people that um, this country needs more of, and thankfully people like Dr. Speaking Up for Science and a number of the other organizations coming together now to group and do the big pushback against government is, is just, it's epic, it's great. So um, I hope you enjoy what's coming up. In the meantime, you'll uh, you'll know that Steve Oliver from Oliver MMA, he was the one who's had a previous um, episode of ours where he's standing up against government mandates, uh, as is Brian Gillette from BGT Developments. Um, now, recently, I think $12,000 fine um, uh, Steve Oliver got hit with. Well, a good friend of ours from the Lotus Hark Vegetarian Restaurant down in uh, Christchurch had just been left with a $20,000 fine. Now, she's a salt of the earth person, and so is her staff, and their barista, second to none. You really want to go and check it out. Great food, great people. In fact, all these ones standing up, they are New Zealanders. They are Kiwis, and that's the Kiwi spirit. We don't bow to no one. We punch above our weight, and there's no way in hell we're going to bow down to totalitarian dictates based on a lie, based on a fraud. Yes, Hipkins. Yes, Bloomfield. Yes, Jacinda, and all your little satanic minions. You got nothing. This is all based on a fraud, and yet you're making money off the death and destruction of people you can get stuffed. Because Counterspin Media are not going anywhere. We are going to bring the truth to light, we're going to speak truth to power, and we ain't backing down. And all those people you've been paying to try and shut us down, fail, fail, fail. Like all your bullshit tests, they're failures. <sighs> feel better now actually saying that. So um, enjoy this interview with... Um, Dr. Mark Bailey, you won't be disappointed. Uh, following up episode will be with Craig Hutchinson. He also destroys the whole virus myth. And then, of course, we will have uh, Ashley Wilson's uh, bit of a tearjerker um, interview about her loss of Rory. Um, we've got time to spend with their family um, and friends. And I tell you what, that choked me up a bit. And anyone who knows me, I'm not the most um, empathetic guy in the world. But yeah, that, that really gets me. And when you realize it's not just the loss of the one man, it's an entire family and friends who are affected, it's, yeah, it's, it's not good. It's not good. And this is why we keep dragging our ass out of bed every day to keep doing what we're doing. Um, we'll rest when, um, when this is all stopped because as New Zealanders, the Kiwi spirit is alive and well. 
and we're all fighting each other and the government is shit scared of that also want to um, let you know that we haven't actually had time off we had one day off that was Christmas Day where we were taken care of by our most awesome couple in Blenheim um, soul of the earth people couldn't do enough now they could just get on with life retire and, and not have to worry about anything but instead they are also pushing back they realise this isn't just about individuals this is about a nation being subjugated by outside forces using a fake pandemic to push real uh, experimental serums that are causing carnage all part of the plan those who survived boom hooked up to the matrix the others who are the useless eaters you're going to be killed off and all the rest completely controlled welcome to free range humans anyway enjoy the episode we'll catch you again on the other side Joining me now is Dr. Mark Bailey. He's the husband of Sam Bailey, who is, you will find here on YouTube, got a large online presence, YouTube, Odyssey, and of course on the website, drsambailey.com. A lot of resources there for your um, perusal, a lot of information, things I think you really need to know. It's well worth a uh, review. Thanks for joining me, Mark. Um, The question on everyone's mind, of course, because the world's gone crazy with this whole pandemic. I call it a scamdemic, but, you know, that's only because I'm right. Um, Now, they claim to have isolated SARS-CoV-2 or COVID-19. does this virus exist is what is the question I think everyone should be focusing on. I think what's important, Calvin, is that when they say the virus has been isolated, they don't mean what most of the public think they mean. So when the public think of isolation, I think they think that the virus has been found in a pure form, concentrated, put inside a test tube and been tested on. But this is simply not the case at all. And part of the problem is is that over time, the virologists have changed the definition of isolation. So once upon a time, it did mean purifying a particle and working out exactly what its composition was or how it would behave. But these days, isolation means something different. All it means is that they saw some what are called cytopathic effects in a test tube, which is simply adding a sample to some culture material and watching the cells break down and attributing it to a virus. So that's the first deception, if you like. It doesn't prove that you've isolated anything. The second is that they detect various genetic sequences and claim that that's the evidence of the virus. But again, there's a major problem because they're not dealing with purified specimens, which you'd expect them to do if they're talking about isolation. So when they produce these genetic sequences, there's just no way to know where they came from because they're just taking crude samples uh, from patients' lungs or out of their noses. So when they say they've isolated a virus, and in this case SARS-CoV-2, it's definitely not what people are thinking. It relates to specific techniques within the laboratory which don't even require the existence of a virus to get the very same results. Because I know that the um, Imperial College of London, the same people who bought us global warming, climate change, you know, we were all meant to be out on our lawn now flapping around growing gills, which hasn't happened, of course. Um, they're telling us they, have, they were basically the, the linchpin in the creation of this narrative. 
And then of course it filtered over here <clears throat> to Otago University and they're now ad nauseum spilling it out. And again, they've, they've produced nothing. We've asked them for a lot of stuff. They've produced and can produce nothing to date. Um, if they've got it there, I'd like to see it. So if the virus hasn't been isolated, how the hell do you test for it? The PCR test, how does that work then? How, what's it picking up? What's it telling us? I don't understand it. Well, yeah, you've basically hit the nail on the head with the uh, whole fraud that's going on right now because the PCR is simply designed to amplify selected nucleotide sequences. But if we don't know exactly where these sequences come from, how do we know what we're detecting? And it was a problem right from day one because when the original PCR protocols were put together by Corman and Drosten and his team, they, they didn't even have a virus to work with. They had no sample. All they had was computer-generated sequences on databases with various, uh, uh, what they said were novel sequences that they hadn't seen before, which they attributed to this new virus. So essentially the PCR is just detecting tiny little segments of this alleged uh, genome that they say comes from SARS-CoV-2. But th there's multiple problems. Um, one is that the genome that they produced uh, a, has never been proven to exist in nature. It's a purely a hypothetical creation on a computer sequence. Yep. And the other problem with the, the PCR is even if it was detecting this specific sequence, um, which they say comes from this specific particle, we still need proof that that particle is causing disease, and in this case, causing something called COVID-19. So, yeah, it's, there's, there's multiple uh, problems going on here um, because... By definition, a virus is an infectious particle, and that's what seems to be forgotten in this whole thing. At no stage has anyone demonstrated that we have one type of infectious particle which is going around and causing disease. But then we get to another layer of the fraud, and that's what is the definition of COVID-19? Yeah. Because according to the WHO, according to the New Zealand Ministry of Health, according to all of the health authorities in the world, it is simply the PCR. So it is simply the detection of these genetic fragments. Because you've got to remember, PCR is simply an amplification technique. It's not really a test as such. It's not testing for a virus, which is what people claim it does. It simply amplifies genetic sequences that you select. And if they're present, uh, you'll get what they call a positive result. The problem was when the PCR protocols were developed with uh, Drosten's original protocols was that they didn't compare to any clinical condition or sickness. So you'd think that's what they should have done, is had yeah, a whole lot of sick people, a whole lot of well people, and then compared uh, the PCR results from the two different groups. Yeah, because Kerry Mullis did say that you run it at enough cycles, you can find anything. That's true, and... Um, it becomes a problem not of the PCR itself, which can be extremely accurate if it's done well. It's the, it's the interpretation, and that's what Carrie Mullis was at pains to explain to people. He said, what does it mean if you detect a small genetic fragment? Because, yeah, as he said, if you look hard enough, often you will find virtually any genetic fragment in any biological system, no matter where you're looking. Like so statistics, yeah, you can make them look whatever you want them to look like, just like, like the gold price. Over a long trend, 
it's always been increasing. But you take a fragment of it and it'll look like it's plummeting just on the downs. Exactly. It's all about interpretation and taking it in context. So, and the other thing you would have seen is the number of cycles being run. Um, now, in with diagnostics previously, maybe running it up to 25, 30 cycles would be acceptable. For some reason, with this current alleged pandemic, they've been running cycles up to 40 or, or even higher. Now, we know that at 35 cycles, you're basically getting to the point where you'd be down to one molecule uh, left, you know, one molecule in, a, in an entire sample, which for us is hard to comprehend. We're talking about, you know, it's less than a needle in a haystack, basically. Yeah. Beyond 35 cycles, you've got the danger that the PCR is just starting to amplify its own primers and generate a false positive. So there's, there's nothing in the sample whatsoever. So yeah, two problems with PCR. One is the significance of detecting the sequence in the first place, which doesn't really tell you that you're sick. Yeah. And the second problem is running the cycles too high, which means that you get a positive result even though there was nothing in the sample. Yeah. I've noticed <clears throat> we, after Jacinda Ardern came out, and she said we have a, this is before Omicron came, which is about to spill out and wipe out mankind again. Um, Delta was the thing. We had a case, a suspected case. She sent the sample, they were rushing it through ESR to be sequenced or whatever. And as we knew, as soon as they brought that up, we knew they were going to say, yes, it is, and away we go. So as soon as I got the confirmation from the one source of truth that this thing was real, straight away I hit the ESR with an Official Information Act request. They didn't have the information. They couldn't tell me what Jacinda just told the country. And these were the people who supposedly carried that out. Well, yeah, I mean, Omicron, they claim is a variant like Delta. But the problem is when there's no original virus. How the hell do you tell? Yeah, the variants are also fictional. So essentially with a variant, all they're talking about is just detecting slightly different nucleotide sequences yeah. than they'd found before. Now with Omicron, uh, it was a surefire way to increase case numbers because... Previously, with the PCR kits, they would look at two or three particular sequences, and if they got positives on those sequences, they'd call it a so-called COVID-19 case. Now, with Omicron, they said that the mutation caused the S-gene sequence not to be positive sometimes. Okay, So previously, that was a negative test, and it wouldn't have been counted as a case. But this gave them a way to say that now that it's negative, let's call it a positive, um, based on this so-called, what they said was a, a genetic mutation in the virus, but what the rest of us are just looking at and saying all it is is a variation in the detected sequences and the sequences that are being attributed to the virus on their hypothetical computer simulations. Yeah, the, whole <clears throat> the whole idea of a virus, being able to be caught if you're walking past someone in a hall or if you don't quickly sit down and eat a meal, without a mask because these viruses apparently so tricky and they just sit on the back of your chair, wait for you to stand before they ninja you, you know, because <clears throat> you can sit there without a mask on, have meals, drinks and all that, but you're only in danger when you stand up, you know what I mean? Or if you rush to one of those little safety distance stickers on the floor, you're saved and they just circle you like a, like a vulture until you step off and then in they come. I mean, people still buy into this, I just don't believe it. So, okay, so they haven't isolated the first one in the manner that they should in order for it to be perceived as anything. 
So they can't therefore have any um, variance of any credibility. The PCR test can't test for something they don't know about. That now leads us to <coughs> excuse me, the uh, rapid antigen testing kits that have just been pu pushed out in the last week or so um, to give to everybody. And um, I believe that they will use that next as the basis because they've put one of these under a tap and come, it's come up positive. What are they testing? What is actually on it to trigger this, to trigger a positive for something they know nothing about? Yeah, well, again, it's another problem because the rapid antigen test is simply detecting a protein or a component of a protein, which has again been attributed to SARS-CoV-2, but never proven to be so. So essentially, yeah, you're on the same problem as the uh, PCR test in that they're detecting something of unknown provenance and mistakenly attributing it to some sort of infection or illness. Now, if you look back to how the uh, rapid antigen tests were calibrated, they were calibrated to PCR tests, but we know that the PCR is not calibrated to, to And they're anything. withdrawing it as of December 31st? Uh, the, the PCR test? Well, they're changing it. Um, unfortunately, not for a good thing. Um, if you're referring to the CDC, yeah. they are moving from single test PCR kits to multiplex which they allege can detect multiple viruses um, all in one process. So again, we're heading down a dangerous road here. Where we get a flurry of variants now, I bet. Well, you get all sorts of things. Potentially, they'll start introducing other viruses again, like influenza, RSV, etc., because they'll be testing, testing, testing. Yeah. And we know with these tests um, that they use is that the more you run, the more cases you find. It's got nothing to do with uh, whether the person's unwell. Um, in any way. It simply just relates to the number of tests you're running. So yeah, the, the rapid antigen tests are as uh, useless as the PCR with regards to, uh, you know, corresponding to any kind of illness or, or yeah. sickness. They don't tell you if you're sick, they don't tell you if you're well. They're, they're another pointless test. So following this logic from the nothing is there, but we'll create something to be there, are based on computer modeling, basically that's where it all came from, and then devise all these tests that can't really test for anything, but it will serve a purpose for us to highlight cases. Because I remember they were uh, looking at deaths first. They couldn't, no one was dying, so it was, let's do the cases. And now everybody's got a case, so everybody should be scared because this is about to wipe out mankind, as we know. So following that, how then do we get to the point where they can vaccinate, and I've never called it a vaccine. I've called it, you know, like every nice clot shot, um, death jab, Satan stab. That's what I gave Jacinda for free. She can make a T-shirt out of it. Um, how do you inoculate or vaccinate for something that doesn't exist? And is there, as I suspect, and would actually say, a more nefarious purposes? Because why would you put an experiment or anything into a body supposedly combating something that does not exist. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of stuff there to unpack and, and going back to your earlier comments about it being essentially a way to create a whole lot of cases, um, that's seemed to be what well, seems, that's what's happened, essentially. If you look at the definition of COVID-19, according to the WHO, for example, yeah. 
all it relates to is the PCR. Remember when they first announced the pandemic, they said it was a SARS illness, which is a very severe life-threatening lung disease. But we've seen since that time that essentially symptoms, signs, other investigations, they don't matter. The sole thing you need to diagnose a case is the PCR result. So the PCR, which is not proven to have any clinical diagnostic ability in this regard, is the whole basis to the case numbers. So essentially it's a, it's a fictional illness basically. And then you get to the point of what, what is the vaccine or the alleged vaccines for. And yeah, we have a major problem because again, the vaccines are simply based on one of these genetic sequences, which they have said comes from the virus. Um, so with regards to the product being um, injected into the New Zealand population, the, the Pfizer product, that's based on what they say is a subunit of the spike protein, and which is supposedly supposed to generate an immune response that then protects you against the invented disease. So yeah, we can only say that it's, um, there's something nefarious going on or it's a huge mistake, but uh, we know one thing for sure, that um, a lot of people are making a lot of money. There's huge wealth transfers going on at the moment. Yeah. We know that politicians are enjoying the most control over their populations that they've had um, in living memory. And uh, so, yeah, and there's various uh, organisations, uh, you know, that um, I think certainly gain to benefit. Uh, their ideologies are consistent with having a population that's a population that has to follow rules and uh, basically have the subscription model, model to the big pharmaceutical companies yeah. uh, where basically to unlock what was everyday freedoms and normal life requires continuous injections year after year. And please may I do this, please may I do that. So we've got, <clears throat> we've got a virus that doesn't exist. We've got a test that can't test for shit because the virus doesn't exist. Now we're trying to uh, vaccinate people based on a test for something that doesn't exist. So the whole thing's a fraud. The whole thing's, um, and as we saw, I've always said from the start that if anything, it'll be the jab that drives any pandemic of illness. It will not be any of this computer-generated crap that they've come up with. So the jab is and has now been absolutely, as we said it would, been proven to kill people. We have a coroner's report recently coming out that yes, that is the only thing that could have killed this young man. And other people, they say, oh, there's, there's a lot of people, but they say, oh, um, still under investigation or not likely to. And they, their words they use piss me off, to be honest, because that's always, if, if it's something on our side of the equation, the facts and evidence side, it's may, could, and on theirs, it is, you know what I mean? They always try to make their side to sound the positive and ours the negative. When our side, the one standing against this fraud, um, to me it's uh, genus. Actually, better question for you, being from a medical background. Do you believe, not words in your mouth, but do you believe that this shot, however we want to call it, I won't call it a vaccination, um, is causing carnage out there unnecessarily? And that the politicians, worst of all, know about it. Well, absolutely, and I don't know the extent 
to what every politician knows, and I'm sure some of them are in the dark um, about what's going on, as much as uh, many of the public are too. But yeah, I mean, from my point of view, because it is a fictional illness, um, there, there's no possible benefit from injecting these products into people. And I know myself from when they first started injecting our population here in New Zealand that the damage was apparent very early on. Yeah. Uh, but there wasn't a lot of interest in uh, helping these people or taking their cases seriously. And so I think we've, the, again, we're into this problem of when the COVID-19 pandemic was declared, essentially everything after that had to fit the narrative. So they alleged that there was this illness breaking out across the world, so they had to invent this you know, virus, which yeah. has never been proven to exist. Um, and similarly with, with the vaccine rollout, because it has been promoted as the only way to get out of the situation, and I mean to most of us it's not actually clear what the situation is, because in, in the sense of we look around and we're not seeing people dropping in the streets. Exactly. Um, the community's just got the normal illnesses that we've always had for decades. Um, there's nothing new happening. So it is very much a manufactured crisis um, based on fear. And now we have this situation where we're told that the, the vaccines are the only way out. Um, but it's becoming pretty clear that that's not the case at all because most people thought they were just going to have one or two shots and now they're being told hey you may have to line up three times a year so every yeah. four months it was six months are going to be and now it's down to four yeah and clearly i think what's gone on again is that they're, they're looking to the the end point of the narrative and yeah. then trying to make everything fit. including the science <laughs> fit fit the story yeah because you <clears throat> coming from your background and of course your wife sam you guys have intently uh, research this for the last two years you know how to read reports you know how to follow the science the actual science not the fabricated rubbish that they're pushing down the camera at us every night um, you would be confident I think uh, was your wife said that they would be happy to walk down a ward supposedly full of all COVID patients and without gear and be happy because she knows it's it'll be fine how, how was that met with a ghast was it Totally, yeah. And when um, you explain that, including to medical colleagues, they are quite shocked that um, that uh, uh, someone like myself would say there's absolutely no need for PPE because we've looked back on all the scientific literature involving transmission of alleged respiratory illnesses. And it's actually amazing. It's It's fascinating. But despite the claims that are made about how infectious and how transmissible these illnesses are, there's nothing to back that up. Yeah, exactly. So for over a hundred years now, there's been experiments done on both humans and animals to try and transmit similar illnesses like influenza, and they completely fail, like 100% of the time. So what tends to happen is they resort to indirect methods like PCR, basically. Yeah. And say with, um, they don't do a lot of human experiments anymore, but even with animal experiments, they might put them in a cage a metre apart yeah. and they do a PCR on one animal and the animal's not sick, but they say it's positive for some <laughs> virus because of yeah. the PCR. And then two days later, 
they test the other animal and it's po PCR positive as well and they say that's evidence of a virus transmitting but, yes, but there's no illness being transmitted right. there's simply some genetic fragments which probably got aerosoled and transmitted um, but was unable to cause any disease in the animals and then the next problem is when they try and demonstrate that the virus they allege exists causes illness they don't have a purified virus. So if it was that infectious, just get the particles by themselves and spray them in the air and all of the animals should get infected and sick. Yep. But again, if you look at what they actually do, none of these animals get sick in that fashion. They have to get these cell cultures, which are mixtures of what they say are viruses, but contain a whole lot of biological... Like kidney cells and all sorts of things. All sorts of cells, all sorts of fluids, and then they pour it directly into the animal's lungs, like right into the lungs, down the trachea, and then the animal starts coughing and gets a bit of pneumonia. So look, he's sick! They say, wow, look at that, <laughs> the, yeah, the virus has, has got him. Yeah. Um, when clearly that's not anything um, like what would happen in nature. It's like strangling someone, with hands around the throat, strangling someone and says, yep, it's a problem, he's not able to breathe. Exactly, yeah, you're, it's not, a, um, it's not a, a properly designed experiment. And um, they know this from the animal studies, that if they did control experiments, so just pour some gunk into their lungs without the alleged viruses, yeah. um, the animal would probably start coughing and get some pneumonia as well, just by having the fluid poured Now, knowing in. these guys' playbook and how they run these psychological operations, because that's what it is, we decided early on that we would get, and other people have done it as well, start taking from the time Jacinda and her minions started spouting this crap, we're taking all the clips. And the way the narrative has moved from the beginning to now is incredible to watch the bullshit. You know, uh, the safe and effective vaccine that we know is anything but because it's proven to be killing people. The virus is so contagious and so deadly, you have to be two metres apart, you have to wear your mask, you have to social distance, uh, because each one of these things is meant to work, but none of them work, because you can't protect against something that doesn't exist. And the, the stupidity of the protocols, yeah, I mean, even to the point where people in orchestras are sitting there with masks on, but they've got an open hole to blow through their shit, and then it comes out anyway and people are buying into this i've got i've been to i went to the hospital to pick up my son who decided to be a clown and cut his knee open um you know riding a bike saying, yeah i'll kick someone's bin over and of course took his knee out um and i go there and say oh you have to check in first have to wear a mask and i said i'm not just here to pick him up i'm not coming to stay you know they said oh you know this is very deadly i said oh yeah you're so full of shit. You're in a hospital. You're meant to know this stuff. And if I, somebody who hasn't got a medical background, have picked this crap up, then surely you should know. But you're right. They're just... what's? What, actually, there's a question. Why would the medical council be so vehemently going after doctors speaking out and saying, hang on a minute, we have a problem here, Houston. Something's going on, and it's, it's not good. Yeah, I mean, it has been incredibly disappointing with... Um authorities like the Medical Council who should have been more neutral from the start yeah. about this whole thing but again because they went along with the whole health crisis and one solution they basically instructed doctors that you know you couldn't go off the script essentially um, so once it became apparent they were going to roll out these products in New Zealand the Medical Council essentially took a side if you like yeah. and said that they are going to support it which 
Uh, personally, I don't think that's their role to get involved with that. Their, their role is to make sure doctors are, are competent and practicing safely, not to weigh in on who's maybe correct or who's got the best um, evidence in a scientific um, debate. So they're like an oversight body to make sure there's no medical misadventure or anyone practicing in a way that would cause harm. Definitely, that's that's their their role. But um, that was the leading question. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> coming to coming to my next point of so therefore the medical councils have been targeting the wrong people. The doctors speaking up saying stop this madness are actually the very ones protecting the people and um, adhering to their oath. Definitely, and um, a lot of what um, groups like NZDSOS have been about. Um, You've been fantastic, yeah. Yeah, it just is about the informed consent process, which seems to have uh, completely disappeared in, in recent times. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it, it's just one of those things. I think it's the whole climate we're in, where because uh, there's been so much fear and because there's been so much hype, uh, people find it hard to see the world through any other lens at the moment. And I think a lot of people are thinking if they just keep complying for a little bit longer... It's going to stop and go away. Keep wearing the face mask, keep doing the distancing, you know, keep doing the traffic lights and uh, keep taping, taking the jabs. I think a lot of people are thinking if they just do it for a little bit longer, we're, we're going to get through. But I, I can tell you if it's based on things like PCR tests viral isolation, uh, disease modelling and all those things. If we're going to keep basing it on the same models that they're using, this is not ending. Exactly. It, it will go on indefinitely. It's like the old saying, you know, I, I comply because I want it to end. Yeah, but it doesn't end because you comply. Completely, yeah, and I think people uh, are responsible for creating their own communities. Uh, but in a lot of ways, like around the world, New Zealand's seen failure of the media. Um, oh, big time. Failure of the medical profession, uh, failure of um, opposition politicians, just to, to ask the right questions. And it almost seems and, deliberately so. Yeah, and it's, um, it's been awful, but um, I think the, the problem is, is that far more people are becoming aware of what's going on. And I think just 18 months ago, when... Uh, particularly, you know, Sam on one of her platforms would suggest that the virus doesn't exist. Uh, people maybe weren't quite ready to hear that. Um, a lot of people were, but some weren't. And I think as time goes on, more and more people are prepared to hear those sides of the story. You guys are like canaries in the, gold, in, in the coal mine. You, you're the first to get attacked by whatever it is or, you know, get the sense of the there's no air here, canaries die. It's just like you get attacked vehemently because you're standing and taking a position, yet the, now it's becoming more and more endemic in, in people's minds. It's actually taking hold and you're getting, everything you say is validated. It's been validated and yet the government still refuses to give. Yeah, yeah, and I look, I have to give credit to, you know, we're not the first doctors in the world to question the whole theory of viruses and germ theory and all that kind of stuff. Um, we're certainly standing on the shoulders of, of many other individuals and groups um, who, have, who have helped us get to this position. Um, but, yeah, I think um, it's, it's, in some ways it's an exciting time because a lot of people are starting to realise that maybe not just the viral theory and the germ theory are wrong, but maybe a lot of the way the health systems are organised is wrong as well. 
and people are starting to realise that it's it's not really a health system, it's a sick system. Yes. And it may not be, well, I think it's clearly not the way forward for the future. So we have, there's even within New Zealand here, there's a lot of exciting projects going on at the moment, people looking to set up alternative um, health systems and networks of support. So I think in the next few years we're actually going to see uh, a bit of a health revolution, you might call it. Oh, absolutely. A, a parallel society. We build a parallel society next to this parasitical each one, and, and that would just die under its own weight. And the other, everyone would just cross over because they know people, uh, they, they, they can feel when something's right. And unless they're bombarded through the media, of course, by Jacinda and a one source of truth and all those. And we talk about Jacinda because she's like the poster child for this evil crap. That's why we target her. But it's not just her. It's the unelected officials that handle her as well and take the instructions from overseas. People at World Health Organization, Bill and Melinda Gates, Klaus Schwab and all those clowns. But even there's another level above that, but we won't get there. We'll concentrate on the um, tentacles first. So is there anything else? Before we before we wrap up, because I know your time is valuable, you've got to go. Um, the death, jab, Satan, stab, whatever you want to call it, they're coming after the kids next. In your mind, has that well and truly crossed the line? Look, I think they crossed the line with um, rolling this product out into the public um, based on an unproven condition and certainly with farcical clinical trials. Yeah. Um, we know from big farmers' history that when they provide data, and particularly their safety data, it's, they only show the bits that they want to show. Um, they do the minimum required to get it past the uh, regulators. And I think it's already apparent that these uh, trials that took place had some very suspicious data coming out of them, uh, both with the number of protocol violations or alleged protocol violations where a lot of people were removed from the study through to the, um, the whistleblowers who have said that the, the trials were absolutely farcical and weren't properly done. Uh, including, you know, recent publications in the BMJ suggesting as much. So, so for me, the line was crossed a long time ago. In fact, I think uh, closer to home here, the, for me, the line was crossed when they put New Zealand into lockdown. That there was absolutely no reason to do that. That was incredibly damaging. Continues to be damaging to so this. So all day. the suicides. Because uh, that's massive increase. All the suicides, all the business carnage, uh, the family violence, because most people argue over finances, let's face it. Um, and when, of course, you lose your job, you take out on those closest to you how you feel. You outwardly project that on them. Uh, you love them, but they're a mirror that you've failed. And you'll fail because the government's just taken away and destroyed your life. And then they give you a choice. They say, don't worry, you can carry on working if you take this product where there's a good chance you're going to die or be adversely affected, um, or you can not take it and we're going to destroy your business and not, not let you associate with anyone. That to me is, is, is criminal and these pricks should be hanging. Yeah, well I think it's it. I mean, as you know from my point of view, it is, uh, uh, you know, at best you could call it a pseudo-pandemic but or a PCR pandemic, yeah. but probably more accurately it's a fraudulent pandemic and none of the measures that we've seen should ever have been done and the way to get out of the situation if if people want an easy way to end it is just to stop the fraudulent PCR test 
And uh, at that moment, I'm sure people would realise there's not actually any health crisis whatsoever going on. on. Just another day in New Zealand. Yeah, because you've got to remember, say, if um, we were every day on the news giving an update on the number of people that die of cancer in New Zealand, people would be terrified because it's, it's, you know, it's about 80 people a day, I think, around that. So imagine if we had that every single day saying that another 80 have gone, another 80 have gone. You know, people would be absolutely terrified that it could affect them next. Uh, so I think it's the, the whole problem of putting these case numbers, you know, on display day after day yeah. and absolutely panicking the population. And they don't do recovery rates along with that. I mean, and how can you... Another, but on our side of things, we have people walking around who say, okay, the virus, excuse me, the virus doesn't exist, never has, there's no pandemic. That was my position from the start. Um, because I saw the operational way they're bringing it in, so I knew it was a psychological operation. And then you, you have other people who believe that, but you still hold a similar view of this, oh, it's got a recovery rate. How can something that doesn't exist have a bloody recovery rate? You know what I mean? It just makes no sense. Totally, and I think this is where people get confused because if you take the position like we do that there's no proven virus and that it's not a novel disease, that it's a fictional creation, it's a disease that has no proper definition, then there's no point talking about all of these other aspects. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or, or protocols of, like the Zelenko protocol of how to fix it. He, what he's doing is doing a great job of combating the common cold. Yeah, and I think what's got confu- confusing is that there are yeah the people who say that they've got the early treatment protocols, but yeah, I, I agree. W- what are they treating? Because exactly. you, you can't treat a PCR result, exactly so right. you shouldn't. Uh, you can't com- uh, treat a computer virus with 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 pills. You know, no, if yeah, so if a patient presents to you and they say this is the PCR result, uh, and this. Uh, particular circumstance that doesn't inform you anything about the patient. If I was a doctor, I'd take the PCR test. I said, this shows it's a positive, get a hammer, (laughs) you're cured, off you go. Probably the best way to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, PCR, it's a fantastic technology. Uh, It's got some great applications, but it it is not well suited to the current use. And we know that um, unless we really shine some light on this and, and get to the bottom of it, it's probably going to be used again in the future to sustain more alleged pandemics, which don't exist. Exactly right. Much appreciated. Thank you for coming on. There you go, people. We've been saying it all along, and you're the ones who can change it. No one else is going to change it but you. Just send it. We're still coming for you, and we're not going to stop. We're not taking our foot off the gas. New Zealand doctors speaking out for science, New Zealand Health Forum, even, yes, Voices for Freedom doing a great job out there. And everyone else standing up, all those doctors standing up, dentists standing up, people who realise it's a fake and they're actually standing up making a difference. Support them any way you can. These people have put their livelihoods in jeopardy just to save you from eventually getting killed, entrapped, enslaved, whatever you want to call it. So thanks, Mark. Really appreciate it. And, of course, thank you, Sam, also for all the work you guys are doing. Remember, Odyssey YouTube, you can find it, drsambagley.com. Uh, we'll have the address up for you. And, of course, William Bissett from uh, Brylin Functional Medicine. Check them all out. Well worth it. We'll catch you next time. Dr. Mark Bailey. Great man. Fantastic knowledge. 
and him and his wife both doing amazing things. It just goes to show people can have a complete 180 when they get the facts and evidence, which is what Kermisman tries to provide all the time consistently. Now an update on Vuvar and the team at the Lotus Heart Cafe, oh, Lotus Heart Vegetarian Restaurant in SF Street in Christchurch. They're not capitulating, they're not backing down, and they're certainly not going to pay the fine. They're going to discharge it instead. And if we, as we say, there is a way to do that. We will actually explain that more on our coming episodes as well. So thanks for watching. We have uh, another two great episodes coming up shortly. One with Craig Hutchinson, who also follows on from Mark's position and destroys the virus narrative. And of course, uh, Ashley Wilson. Uh, that one there was a hard one to do. Um, but I think we will do it justice. We'll do justice to her story. Catch you on the next show.